and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Ooh, Daniel, it's been a while. Yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks. Our audio listeners, uh, sorry about the delay, but, you know, we've been busy, which we're going to be getting into Very a busy. little bit more. Yeah. yeah, so we'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, we're also going to try to do, like, a little double episode on That's the stream. right. We're going to be doing two, so if you're watching us live, which, again, if you're not watching us live, get on that. <laughs> we We tend to film on Tuesdays. That tends to be the most common. And every time I say that, something happens in our schedule that we don't. Yeah, honestly, it wasn't too, too bad um, the last break because, one, you had a family situation. One right. of your kids wasn't feeling good, so you right. wanted to be there for them. And then the other week, that following week we missed because we were exhausted. We were very exhausted. <laughs> so much so that this we are going to be devoting an entire episode to this, uh, the following episode. Yep. This first one was an episode that we've been meaning to do for quite some time. Um, we if, want to talk about the award winners. winners. Yeah, especially since the Dice Tower Awards have already been announced and the Spiel des Jahres came out, and that's what we did last year. And we like talking about these games. So. Absolutely. And we, tend to, we did one last year, and we talked about the awards, all the different ones that are coming out each year. And these are important things for us to review, and we will give you our complete expert opinion on whether the correct ones were picked or not. They probably were. But, you yeah. know... Hey, uh, that's not, that's not more so uh, for me when it comes to like the Dice Tower stuff, because I played a lot more of those games. Right, exactly. The Spiel des Jahres, we've, I've played similar ones, but you know we, we'll get into that yeah. later. Uh, that'll be the one after I do believe we're going to do Dice Tower first, yes. if I'm not mistaken. That's good. So before we get into this, like I said, we're going to be filming a couple of mini episodes. Not really mini, I'll probably yeah, still, still really so. yeah. But we want to give our response. Mini for us. <laughs> it's mini for us, yeah, and our long-time listeners. But before we get into any of that, let's talk about what's exciting about this episode. You see it over my shoulder. If you heard our last episode, you know what's coming. We have a giveaway. Yeah, and this will be a personal copy of Just One. We're going to be giving a clue later on in the night. You have to put giveaway into our email address, which we'll also be giving away a little bit later tonight, as well as the code name in the body. That's right. So, if you want a copy of this wonderful palm-sized game, as you can clearly see, it's much bigger than that. It's, it's quite a bit behind me. Um, if you want a copy of this game, sealed, brand new, I know I do. I already own it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I but I would as well. I would own a second copy. <laughs> just because, would. why not? Yeah, there's plenty of games I own second copies of. This is just another one. Yeah, exactly. When the markers dry out. That's <laughs> what you need it for. No, you play up to 14 players in that Yeah, uh, There you go. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's not a bad idea because uh, I had a friend actually uh, talking about this one. She, was, uh, she, has, she owns her own business and she was having people over for work. And she's like, well, what can I play with eight people? And I'm like, if you just have a bunch of dry erase boards, just one will work fine. I That's mean, it right. comes with stuff, only seven of them. But if you need for more people, That's right. then use uh, dry erase boards or paper. Exactly. So stay tuned for a little bit later in the episode where we will give you the keyword on just one. And at the end of the episode, we'll, enter, we'll tell you all of the different ways you can enter to win a copy. Exactly. All right. So with that being said, since it's been a while... What have you been playing? Oh, man. We have been playing so many games. Yeah. I have had multiple game nights since last time we filmed. We went Same. to a convention. Mm -hmm. we, we've had... I've been bringing games to the school to play every once in a while because I work at a school. You know, just because I want to get them off the shelf of shame. Yeah. So... Granted, probably as not you can as notice since the last out. episode, my shuffle shame did grow. That's right, it did. <laughs> that it did, and, and certainly mine did too. 
I, I want to say I got rid of nearly 30 games and came back with nearly 25 <laughs> games. Like, it I, wasn't the big dent. I came, or I left with a bag and a half of games, my yeah. personal games, that I was selling. And I came back with a bag full of games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I came back with a lot. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about some of the games that we've been playing lately. One of the ones that I wanted to talk about today was a game that you and I both played uh, in our last game night, and I was really excited to play this game, and and forgive me if it's already on your list, I was stoked to play this game, because I have been wanting to play it for so long, and we finally got a chance to play it. I'm not sure not to put this one on my list, because I knew it. The Guild of Merchant Explorers, and now you see me kind of gritting my teeth for a reason. That's because, first off... It, AEG makes great games. Yeah. Secondly, I love the look of it. The art style is really great. I like it because it's supposed to be like a map. Right, exactly. An old, like, massive map. I don't care for the title. It's fine. Yeah. But thirdly, uh, Brett Gilbert and Matthew Dunstan are the designers. So it's like, okay, there's some pedigree. Yeah. There's AEG something with it. Yeah. Everything about this, I've heard great reviews. We mm-hmm. busted out. We played it. And... Right before we played it, our friend was explaining the rules. He was like, all right, so this is how this works. Uh, you, we're going to flip over a card. You're going to place some some cubes, cubes. into those the regions of that color. And as soon as he said that, you and me looked at each other like, oh, no. wait, there's those different colors. colors on this? Like, I could see the desert. That's pr- in the water. Yeah, the that, desert that's... was fine. The <laughs> desert and water were obvious, right? Yeah. But the mountain Mount's... and the grasslands, <laughs> I don't to, know. To the point my wife over our shoulder was helping us. I I really genuinely think that I will because I want this game. Yeah, it was really cool. I, it was a really good game. No, outside the color issue, I love this game. It was really good. Right. I miss un- I I must have been burnt because yeah. I was I was tired after we played the other game that I yeah. think you're going to talk about. I don't know what um, you're talking about. <laughs> no idea. Um, the other merchant game? No. Um, we we played another game that was a lot more going on. And I must have been burnt and tired still from the convention because I I must have missed like half of the rules going into Guild of Merchant Explorers. Yeah, so normally it, I can BS myself. It, right? it had and to be just you enough. because him and me were playing yeah. the game. Well, it was just yeah, there was multiple a couple times things. I was like, wait, how does this work again? And the way our friend would describe it, I'm like, that still doesn't make sense. Like, you have to connect these two buildings, but you have to build the buildings. You had to have the the cities already, and then you're going to build them for the trade posts. But see that, and I still don't understand. That. Like, <laughs> I don't know that you need the trade posts. I know you have to connect the two different, yeah, the two different like marked places on the board. Yeah, well, for you to get a city too, you also need to score that whole area for that city. Right. No, I get that, but those are completely independent of each other. <laughs> I thought both, like you had to have every region just to put down a a wooden building, and then in order to connect those cities you have to connect the wooden buildings as well as fill in all the regions at the same time no that's, that's why, why you have little tokens we no, just I weren't using them right which <laughs> half the time i remember halfway through the game i was like wait i'm just not understanding something why do we have these tokens and we all just looked over like oh why do we have those tokens that's for different and then yeah, we put here, them in. Here, here's the problem with that it like it bothered you because that's that was your game plan for me i was just going all in on the money because yeah I, you didn't care oh well, the, yeah. there's you get specific abilities throughout the game. You yeah. have uh, arrow one, arrow two, arrow three abilities. 
and you get two, you choose one and keep it. Well, every single choice I got gave me uh, money for every time I go through a certain area. And it's right. like, if you go cover the coins in this area, it becomes double. And yeah. so I was just banking every time that card came up. Yeah, and mine, mine almost everything I got was water-based. But <laughs> no, I mean, special powers, amazing. Mm-hmm. The game itself, very functional, awesome, once you have the right rules. But man, those, the color. The, the, that graphic design hurts. And yeah. It, and the thing is, the artist had to design it in a way where the mountains and the plains kind of blended, blended together. in together because that's how, you know. Yeah, that's how nature works. works. I yeah. get it, right? But I, mean, I, had, the one contrast little, I, had, I had one little nitpick about that. The deserts were supposed to be on the other side of the mountains because if it's grass on one side, it's usually a desert on the other side of the mountains. Right. <laughs> it, That's because the water collects on one side. Yeah. It didn't do it on this one. The grass and water are on the same side of the mountains. <laughs> so I'm like, this this doesn't make sense, but sure. But and then it gets you like eight different maps or something sure. like that. Yeah. So they're double sided maps. So you get eight of them. So I, you know, I hate to say it, but this is something I'd probably take a sharpie to. I probably, uh, it's rough. Uh, once you get going and figure out, okay, the little spiky thing is the mountains. If there's trees on it, that's grass. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to check trees... which ones, which hexes have more spiky things than yeah. not. Because they do blend. Yeah, they do blend. And then you got to kind of like, well, one looks kind of wavy, so it looks like the wind blowing through yeah. grass. But that's, and it's, they're not large hexagons, so you basically have to take a magnifying glass. Okay, which one is this one? Yeah. Okay, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> like that, I wish that they would have jumped up the size. I get why they're making it cheaper. And, and I don't want it to sound like any knock. I mean, that will be for when we debate it. In yeah, the future. In, in we're going to knock that. That's the but, biggest gripe I have for yeah, that game. The, other than that, the game functionally. And maybe the really rule could have been better. Sure, probably. But yeah, I mean, the game itself. And the game itself is amazing. Matthew awesome. Dunstan and um, Gilbert, right? Yeah, Dunstan and Gilbert. Now, Dunstan here's Gilbert. the thing: just recently, they came out with another game, Vivid, from Floodgate Games, and that was garbage. Unfortunately, I mean, it wasn't good at all, and. Did you sell that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it like it's fine if you like it, but it's not. It's not the same thing. But it has elements of both. And so what? What? Vivid did bad. Guilds did better. Although I will give Vivid credit, I could see the colors. So yeah. good on them. Well, Thank I mean, you, a Floodgate. game called Vivid should have the. Should it should be vivid. Yeah, it should be vivid. Excuse me, one no, second. Much, just... much brighter colors. I like it. But anyway, that that's my rant. I, we finally got Guild of Merchant Explorers played, and I couldn't be more happy about it. I will probably buy a copy and then find a colorblind mode. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I just had to, you know, mute my family chat because you know they like to text oh, us yeah. while we're recording. Well, that's so. why I was filling. <laughs> not saying anything of substance. By it's the way, good. what have you been playing, Daniel? Uh, so the, you, you kind of made reference to it, so I might as well just put this one next on my yeah. list. The other merchant game we played. That night. The one that burned your brain. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> no, it's a great game. But, and we talk about this a lot, is like, I play in a couple game groups, you play in a couple game groups, uh, and so we have one shared game group, and then we have our own other game group. I don't need a copy of this for my other game group, no. and so I am happy that one of my friends has it, our mutual friend Dom, he has it, because this is heady for as colorful this game is, and doesn't look like it's supposed to be this massive, but... I will say this. This does asymmetry so good. What's the game? And that's Merchant's Cove. Merchant's Cove. This is probably the best asymmetrical game I've played in a long time, if not the best. 
because it does everything. It's, well. it's the best one I've played. Yeah. What I really liked about it is that not only were we playing the same game when it goes into the second phase, in the first phase, we're playing our own little, hey, let's do this, but we're doing it in turn order, too. So, like, I was doing a worker placement, dice manipulation, dice placement game. You were playing uh, some time-shifty, like, Takaido-style... Yeah, some weird, like, worker placement rondelle kind of thing. Yeah, kind of a bit of a rondelle. Yeah, Yeah, it was was quite interesting. Uh, Our mutual friend Dom, who brought this one over, he was playing with the life spinner. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the spinner. It was, that was so ridiculous. It was I loved so it. weird going in and out. And I know. Just... It's been so long since we were like, judges, is this on the line? Like, he had to ask us, and we're like, just re spin it. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to. We're beyond I this. I need a judgment over here. <laughs> but that was the base box. I think there's. Five or six that come in the base box okay. at Merchant Cove. There's two we, or two or three we didn't see. Yeah. And honestly, like I was telling uh, him, I would play this game again. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'd play someone else because I don't want to learn something else. I, I know this one. I just yeah. want to play the blacksmith now. Well, that's one of the things about our game guys is that we specifically ask, you know, like like now the way we function now is that we have one person who picks the games for each week. Well, yeah. And it's up to them to teach the games and learn the rules, mm-hmm. and that's fine. You can't do that with Merchant's <laughs> Cove. Like, you have to hand them the rule book yeah, and just go, Here you go. Here's game night, guys. Read a rule book for a bit. Like, come on. And it took us a while just to get over what we were doing. Because, like, yeah. you guys ready to play? I'm like, no, no, hold on. I'm going to, what the heck is this reference? Who, who where? What? <laughs> What's, what's going on? But when we started playing it, and this was the longest game of the night. I think it took us, like, two and a half hours to play this one. Yeah. But it was worth it. I really liked it. Um, it wasn't my favorite of the night. I do have to say the the one you just talked about was my favorite of the night. Really? Okay, yeah, this really, was my favorite of the night. I really liked that. I can't remember what the first one was either. Last Bastion. Last Bastion. Eh, we lost. We didn't even know we lost. It's just yeah. like all of a sudden we were like, that, eh. That, that has not changed my opinion about ghost, ghost stories at all. We, we lost and we're like, oh, we should have lost two turns ago. That sounds about right. Let's yeah. away the stuff. <laughs> so it, it took us a little bit to learn Last Bastion. Yeah. Uh, quick uh, tangent on this. It took us a little bit to learn Last Bastion. We started playing it, and like 15 minutes later, we're dead. What? Yeah. We're dead. <laughs> oh, we did. Yeah, if I'm going to play anything like that, I'm going to see Jerundar now. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, that I'm was sorry. Really like, uh, there's no reason to play Last Bastion anymore. See Jerundar is just significantly better in every way. But uh, going down. back to Merchant's Cove, it's I, longer, I did really... It's not better in that aspect. I do like Merchant's Cove a yes, lot. Absolutely. I... This, and I told this to our friend, is that this is the first game that I feel legitimately proves that you can do asymmetry right. well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I still don't think Root is a perfect example of that. It's mm-hmm. not. It's combat. Di- what is that other one? Oath? Combat. Oath, I have no idea. I haven't played it. The original one, Vast, way too long. Oh, that was too complicated. Yeah. Um, but I do have to say... Um, That's the only reason people don't complain about it is because they... Co- they, they've never completed a game. It's like a monopoly. Yeah, pretty much. With Merchant's Cove, I don't need a copy. That other one you were talking about, the yeah. guilds of merchants. Guilds of merchants, or, explorers. I probably would pick up a copy because it's simple enough right. and it's good enough uh, to play with other people uh, okay. in my other game group. Yeah. Good deal. All right. Uh, the next game that I wanted to talk about was a cooperative game. It's a retheme of one that I already own, so now I had the second copy of it. Mm-hmm. And this is Plankton Rising. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I finally got this to the table. Didn't get it too long ago, but I bought it on sale, thinking my kids would really enjoy it. They were SpongeBob fans for many years. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it, uh, but that was past when I stopped watching cartoons, so. I never stopped. Well, I mean, I still watch cartoons, but I like, I mean, if I'm going to watch 
my generation was right behind that. Like hmm. Doug, Rocket Power, Modern Rocco's Modern Life, Kablam, all of those. Angry right? Beavers. Angry Beavers. Yes, Angry Beavers. <laughs> Cat Dog. Like all the good stuff, right? Those were That was the best generation of cartoons. I, it's up there. That was uh, towards the later when I was watching cartoons. Right. My generation was like Spider-Man, the animated series, yep. Batman, the animated series, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep, exactly. That's why I'm a big comic book fan because of those cartoons. Right. And, and I feel like that makes sense, right? Like if they made... X-Men. I own every comic of Rocco that they made, so... What, all of one? Uh, both of them. <laughs> no, I think that was a series of about four. Ian McGinty actually illustrated them. Okay. So, yeah, Nickelodeon did a, a thing with that. But where am I going with this? Plankton Rising. Um, it's a remake of Thanos Rising, which is a remake... Or no, which is also re-implemented in, in Star Death Wars. Eaters Rising, Death Star Eater. Wars Rising... There's like five others. I don't know. Uh, the Batman Who Laughed Rising. Batman Who Laughed, yeah. And they, I think they announced another one. Or yeah, I heard something about that. I... Yeah. Either way, they're all the same game, more or less. Still, um, great game. This one, you are... It is easier, by the way. Well, I think um, the implementation of Plankton Rising is the implementation of Death Eaters Rising. Oh, I believe that. It's the... Because they're both... Uh, Death Eaters Rising was a simpler implementation of Thanos Rising. Right. Okay, that makes sense. The way this works, the biggest functional difference is because you've played uh, Thanos Rising. You know how there's the three regions yeah. and you roll a die and yeah. then that determines where he rotates yeah. and then which ones he activates? This one did away with that entirely. You don't okay. roll a die for plankton. There is a board that has two halves. It's either the kitchen or the dining area. Oh, okay. And you flip over a card and it will immediately tell you which ingredient gets the, gets the um, piece to it. And then you move him to one of those halves of the board. And sometimes he'll actually go back to his own restaurant mm -hmm. and you just remove him and he doesn't activate anything. Okay. So automatically it's a, a third It's much simpler easier. than yeah. Death Eater Rising because like um, in Death Eater Rising, the Voldemort character, right. he's on the, there's like a sideboard for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So this one, he, it, it's easier, but at the same time, we played a four player game and man, it, I think we lost. I don't remember. But Sounds about right. We we got destroyed. Like, nobody was rolling what they needed to. Still heavily luck-based. But we had a blast doing it. And these are all people, like grown adults, who don't <laughs> like Spongebob or don't care. And we're rolling dice and we're enjoying every minute of it. And it was a fun time. Um, I... I been tempted to buy this one because my wife likes SpongeBob, right? But I already have those two. Does she like those two? Oh, she loves those two. Then there's no reason to own the SpongeBob. Right yeah, now. honestly, like that. I get why people would, and that's if they have kids. That's why I bought yeah. it. But I don't feel the reason to own both now. Um, I do kind of want the Star Wars version eventually, <laughs> just because out of all of the themes, that is my favorite. Yeah, I'd... but the only problem with the Star Wars one, you have to import it. Yes. Yeah. Along with Star Wars Carcassonne. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, but I will, I will eventually. But yeah, Plankton Rising. Good fun time. Great for families. Great cooperative game. Any of the Rising series I do recommend. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have kids and you want them to play games, Plankton Rising is a good one. The, the thing is, I do want to pick up one more Rising game, even though I have two. Yeah. I want to get the Death Eater Rising, because a friend has talked about hiring me to do game nights for her company. Yeah. And basically, you like Marvel, here's Marvel. You like Star Wars, here's Star Wars. You like uh, okay. Harry Potter, here you go. Just options, pretty much. They should, you know what they should do? Huh. Mordor Rising. And have it be a Lord of the Rings and have and the power in the, the middle. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that would like, be great. I would, hands down, that would be my favorite. 
So moving on to my second game here, uh, speaking of Blood in the Sand, this one is Kemet. That's uh, right, we did play Kemet. Uh, this one was a fun one. This is a good we dudes on the There's going to be two on my list that we could finally debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off here is Kemet. This was actually, because uh, what happened is a buddy of ours, uh, Gamehead Geek, Mm-hmm. He got two weeks in a row because I put a bounty out because my wife was put on a billboard in our city. It's true. And I'm like, hey, give me a picture of that for I could send to her family. If someone sees it, you'll get a, my game night. I'm just going to give it to one of you. <laughs> That's right. He got it. So he had back-to-back nights. This is from the second night. And mm-hmm. I have to say, he hit on both those yeah. games. Fantastic but Kenneth, games. I, I I love Dudes on a Map. I love um, area control games. Yeah. I'm not good at and, them. And just as a background, I do not yeah. like Dudes on a Map games. But I will get into my thoughts in a bit. But this one just hit on so many levels. To the point, my wife loved hearing the banter, how we were just going at each other the entire game, and everybody's blaming Bryce for just hitting the snowball. Yeah. Because he's the one that attacked first. I'm, like, minding my own little business in my little corner, trying to get, you know, my troops up and get things yeah. out, trying to get a little control of the, um, what are the temples, mm-hmm. so I could start getting some points on the board. And next thing I know, he just goes in there because you were going like a, what is it, the full Loki is what we call it. I was going full Loki. (laughs) You're just, um, what is it, sacrificing your people. I just got a bunch of warriors and sacrificed them all as honor. At that one temple, I forget what it's called, but you have to sacrifice like two warriors or something like that to get a victory point. First person to nine victory points wins. That was a permanent victory point. start at their turn. So if it goes to the next person and there's two people tied at nine, this took us a little while to figure out. But if it's two people tied at nine and it's the other person's start of his turn, he wins. Exactly. But, oh my God, this was so much fun. Um, And it's funny because we were talking about it and I played this one and I've also played Cyclades. I didn't like Cyclades at all. I just... I didn't find it enjoyable. I didn't find it fun. And this one, I think it's partially because of the game group I played with sure. Cyclades. This game group, we always just rag on each other, give each other yeah. grief, have a good time about it. But yeah, this one was fun. And the minis were really nice, too. They're For a Madigo game, this is some really good minis. Yeah. All right, so now my thoughts. Again, I don't like dudes on a map game. I can't agree with you more. <laughs> this game is really good. I, this is one of those ones that um, on the Dice Tower they had a, a a recent like thing of like what games should everybody play once at least, and they said Kemet is definitely one of. Them. I agree. I do agree with that. Kemet does do John a map well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's multiple paths to victory. I don't feel like I I I went. As you said, full Loki. I literally yeah. just my whole goal of the game. Mind you, it's Egyptian. Uh, the for reference, full Loki. The first time we ever played Blood Rage. Yes, he was the only person I ever seen get Loki cards the whole way when we're yeah. doing the draft. Yep, and, and just, just sacrificing his dudes I in didn't battles care to about get points. Battles. Yep, I wanted my dudes to die. <laughs> They were nice and happy. They were glorious. It was amazing. And so in our game group, when someone does that, we call it the full rookie mode. Yep. Full yep. rookie mode. And that's and I almost feel like our friend Bryce knew that I was kind of doing that too, <laughs> yeah. as he saw me. And then my my favorite moment of that entire game I know was, was, was there was one time where I was not fighting anybody. I was being a pacifist. I was just sacrificing my guys. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, he just decides, I guess I'll attack him. Yeah. And then attacks my guys that are about to be sacrificed. I'm like, dude, they're about to die anyway. <laughs> like, give it a turn. They'll be gone. Like, just once let them go, die in peace. Once we go to the moon phase or whatever yeah, it was exactly. called. Yeah, exactly. I was like, just let them die. 
sorry, it's fine. Like, why are you attacking me? And he's like, nah, I, I need to attack you. And then so the next round came around. Uh, a few rounds later, our mutual friend Dom, he was almost ready to win. Yeah. And then, and then so, and you straight up told him, you were like, guys, I can't fight these guys. I don't have any ability to stop him from winning. Yeah. And then so I just look at myself, I'm like, man... Only Bryce didn't attack me earlier. I guess it's on you, man. And I just forced him to just use everything he had to deal with our other friend. While I'm just like, we did it to him twice. Dude, that's a thing. We did it to him twice. And that's the that's a perfect example of those memorable moments that we're aiming yeah, for. And then another thing, my favorite part of that game is when Bryce went in there to attack you in that yeah. area to sacrifice your thing, and he lost the battle. And he lost the battle. <laughs> <laughs> There was never a time that I initiated a battle, and I won every single time. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Oh, man. I even won battles. Bryce lost that battle. <laughs> it was totally worth it. That's when we found out that if you don't have any warriors, regardless of whether you win, you, you, don't, <laughs> you, yeah, don't, yeah, you don't You don't gain the, anything, the reward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so amazing. Oh, but it was such a good game. Yeah. Not a good game. Okay. Really good on this one. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, next game I'm going to talk about is a game that you have not played yet, but I I was ranting to you about it. I played it in, a, in one of my previous game groups. I got it in the mail, played it that week, trekking through history. Okay, yeah, yeah, Hands down, uh, yep, the prettiest game out of all of these. Hands down. It is gorgeous. That game, that production, there is nothing wrong with that production whatsoever. It is on a vinyl mat. It fits well. The, uh, the board... All of the things make sense. All of the icons that you get, they all have symbols on it. Mm-hmm. All of the tokens that match the color also have symbols on it. All of the reference cards, the itineraries that use those tokens also have the the symbols on it. it there are all different shapes even on top of that. So you know exactly what you're going into. Everything's intuitive. It all makes sense. There's a lot of give and take. And it is just pure, good, simple strategy. Yeah. It is one of those games where... Like, so Uwe Rosenberg, I'm going to compare this to Patchwork because it uses a similar uh, time mechanism where yeah. you take a piece, that's how many time spaces you move, whoever's furthest back takes the next turn. Okay. Um, in Patchwork, what you have to do is the tile you take will tell you how much time it takes, but you're also covering up your spaces. All of the cards, there is nothing bad about any of the cards whatsoever. Okay. It's literally you take the card, you get the resources that are on the card for free. And the farther down the track it is, you also get more stuff for free. Normally it's like, oh, it's less of a penalty. Like, you pay less. Like, the prices become cheaper. No. It's just the better item you get. Okay. So on top of taking a card that you want for points, you're also getting resources that you want for your itinerary. And you're also getting more resources because of where they are on the track. (laughs) There's no bad in this. Like, what is this? It's so good. And you can even, like, bypass it. Like, let's say... Because you're trying to put these cards in chronological order. So once I put, like, uh, something that's at 1500 yeah. then I can't take anything 1499 and back, right? Okay. Um, but there's a way, like, if you're like, eh, I'm just buying for time. I wonder what I can do here. You can visit an ancestor, one of your ancient ancestors, and it just takes you three time, and then that's it. And you get a wild token. But then you place it down, and you're like, yeah, it took me three times, but now I don't get penalized. And it counts towards the more cards you have in a single track, okay. the more points it's all worth as a group. And it's, like, cumulative. It gets more and more and more. So it's a benefit. It's not, like, super beneficial, but it's still like, oh, well, I need to pass my turn this time? Well, I'm not 
deteriorated, I'm just like, okay, I'll just take this card. It'll add some more points to me. Okay. And I don't get as good of a benefit, but it's you're willing to do it. It's awesome. It's This game is so good. I am excited to show you this. <laughs> I can't tell you enough. You're going to be very impressed with the components, very impressed with the art, very impressed with the theme, very impressed with the time play, the gameplay. It's so, so good. It's one of my favorite games I've played this year. Hands down. Cool. Hands um, down. The, the, my issue with it, is, well, not with it because I haven't played it. I've only played one trekking game, trekking yes. through the national parks. Right. I like the game. I own the game, but it just my wife and our friends were like, it's it's fine, but it's it's it, too simple. It it does it. Okay, so I'm not going to say this is more complicated. Yeah, there is way more meaningful choice in this though. Okay. Um, trekking the national parks was basically ticket ride, but you mm-hmm. know that's basically what it is. Yeah. Realistically, it's so nice. It's I like it. This is a whole different game. Okay. It there's the only thing that's similar between these is the term is the word trekking. That's okay. it. Okay. There's nothing else. I I can't encourage this game enough. If you haven't tried this, you should try it. It's such a great family gateway game. It's cool. awesome. Trekking through history. Nice. Well, I love history. Um and, and oh, even on top of that, <laughs> hold on. Pause for a second. Even on top of that, the cards they get shuffled up, yeah, they get dealt face up. But if you look at it, like you might be like trying to like trade spices with the Egyptians. They have history on the back, like a paragraph explaining what this event in history is and why it's important. So you're gonna love it even more. And there was times where we legitimately went, "Who is this person? Oh, like how dare you make us learn? How dare you? We're not here to be educated. Like it. It was so worth it. It was." So learning fun. Thanks for ruining my segue talking about history. I'm so sorry. I got really excited because I forgot about that little nuance that they added on. It's great. Uh, because I really enjoy history. And so the next oh. game I was going to talk about is actually a historically based deck builder. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, and that is Imperium Classics. Um, I've played this solo, and I've played this uh, two-player. Now, if you like deck builders, I recommend you play this. Mm-hmm. Unless you don't like heavy euros, because euro this is a heavy heavy deck builder because there's a lot of moving parts in this game, um, it, including when you have to reset your deck because there's going to be a time where you add cards to your deck and that's the timeline basically for you to go from the barbarian state to an empire. But if you've already done it and there's a piece on um, a cardboard piece on it. Then you can't reshuffle, you just reshuffle what's in your discard pile instead of adding a new card, so it kind of slows you down, but you gotta pay attention to that aspect. You gotta pay attention to the cleanup part of it, because that cardboard is before you reshuffle your deck. So if you take that cardboard off, then you can add a card, then you put that cardboard back on, because sometimes you're gonna be forced to reshuffle in the middle of your turn, but if that cardboard is on there, you can't do it. Makes so sense. there's gonna be times where you can actually add more stuff in your deck in your turn twice because you do it like in the middle of the game because you have cards that tell you to draw up and you don't have anything to draw up. Put your cardboard up, then you go in your cleanup phase, take that cardboard off, and then flip it over into it, and you shuffle it all up. And then when you get in your empire phase, you got to pay for those cards, so you got to start getting your resource management engine nice. built. So you got to go with those resources in your thing. This way, you can develop those cards, put them in your deck, and then you put that cardboard piece on. That's awesome. So it's it's very complicated. It's very heady. It's 
easily could be a two-hour deck builder, especially if you're teaching it to other people. But man, I really enjoyed it. I played as the Romans in the first in the solo. The solo mode basically plays exactly like a two-player game, except for you rolling a die and it determines what card gets blocked and then or all the cards get played. Okay. And so, and, so it ha- and then there's a whole list of what it actually does. Because you're trying to get the more points of the solo uh, variant, because it, but it's also setting a timer for them. There's two ways to end the game. The main one is scoring. Okay. Once you get into the scoring phase, uh, so someone finishes their development cards or the deck runs out, then you play one more round and you score up. The second one, and there are cards or uh, empires that allow you to do this, you force a collapse. The game ends immediately. Of course. Whoever has the less of the, um, forget what they're called, but they're like the burn cards in your car, your deck and stuff like that. The, yeah. what is it, the wounds from Marvel Legendary yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. They're nothing for you. But if you keep collecting them, whoever has the mo- or whoever has the least amount of those will win the game. And there's a group called the Celts. Okay. You're familiar with them. They're actually really good about pushing them. You know the Celts. Yeah. Yeah. But I was saying, you're familiar with them. But, but you know the they, guys. But they were a warring right. uh, yeah. barbarian tribal group. So right. their big thing was about following the collapse of an empire, which they did partially to the Roman Empire. So it it makes thematic sense. Now, you're not going to get so much thematic in a deck builder, but it's there. Like the Romans are all about conquering lands and you know spreading out. Same with the Macedonians, which are the... Um, Alexander the Great territories and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, then you have I can't remember what the other ones are. Uh, there's a bunch of them. I think it's the Persians where they're about getting different groups of people into their the deck and stuff like that, subjugating them. Yeah. So it's it's really good. It's very thematic in a sense for a deck builder. But man, is it meaty! And I've been looking for a meaty deck builder because most yeah. deck builders are pretty much the same. Yeah. Play your hand Play out, your hand out. do what it. Do what it says. Yeah. Okay. And so this one is another thing cool about the this one mm-hmm. is that you don't have to play your hand out. You could save cards in your hand, but you kind of want to go through your deck a lot quicker because you want to start getting those new cards into your right. hand. But you're like, man, I don't want to lose this card because you could only, when activating, you can only do three activations unless you get extras. So okay. you're going to only activate three extra cards and then you discard down. Or you okay. can save those two that you want, but that means you're only going to draw up three cards Gotcha. Okay. So I like what it's doing, and I really enjoyed it, and that's Imperium Classics. So much so, I want to go pick up Legends. Nice. All right. Yeah, I do want to try that. You're going to have to show me that. It's cooperative, right? No. No. No, it's head-to-head. Oh. We're warring empires. Oh, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> that, didn't, that was a very cooperative time period. Yeah. Last one I'm going to talk about is, speaking of historical games... And speaking of Madigo games, like Kevin, mm. this is a game about 1912, the sinking of the Titanic. I, oh, I, I love Titanic. Man, you were so thrilled when I you found was, a copy I of this. I have been looking for this game for a long time. In fact, actually just prior to that trip, maybe a couple weeks ago before it, mm-hmm. I was looking online to see if I could buy it off of Amazon. At the time, I couldn't. Yeah, because I've been wanting this. It looks awesome, and I've been really getting into like solo games lately. And I'm like, all right, like one of these days, I want to have just like a game night just by myself. <laughs> like if I'm ever like if nobody else is doing anything, I'm like, all right, I'll, I don't care. About I y'all. tend to I'll do. I, uh, if I'm not playing video games, I'll have solo game right. night. Exactly. And see, I don't play video games hardly at all. But 
I so I played this twice. I played once as a solo, mm-hmm. and man, I got decimated. Sounds and, about right. And then secondly, I played as a three-player game, and I almost prefer the multiplayer. Really? Yeah, it, which surprised me because I know you and I were talking about it. it's like, oh, it's just it's technically just a a solo game, but just take turns. No, it's there's meaning behind what you're doing. Okay, it is legitimately a multiplayer game, um, but it is based on Klondike. There was only one problem that we had with it, but it's like Klondike with Klondike Solitaire with. Um, I was gonna say, make sure you with special, <laughs> yeah, with special abilities. Because I didn't even know it was called yeah. Klondike Solitaire. I always called it Solitaire. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. No, but the original Solitaire is that weird like peg thing where it's missing the corners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to like get them in. Not not the triangle one. That's based yeah, yeah. off of it, but it's like a square thing. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. look into it. You'll see what I mean. It's called Solitaire, but. The one that on the computer it is, is the card base, it's called Klondike Solitaire. And this is based off of that, but you have abilities um, and quite a few differences. Like you have uh, first class and second class. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't intermingle whatsoever. Sounds you know, about right. Sounds about right. Um, the first class is the same uh, size of suits as, you know, a standard deck of cards, 13. Whereas... Uh, the second class is up to 17, so it adds, like, four more per color. Jeez. It already makes it difficult. But, again, it doesn't matter, like, no, no, first class, second class. You bring them out. Um, what they did differently in Solitaire, if you're familiar with the computer game or the card game, um, you flip over, like, three cards, and you have to use the top one and place it out if you can, but then while maneuvering stuff in between. Yeah. This, uh, you are either going to do... Your, the very first thing you do on your turn is maneuver stuff around and then you take an action or play an action card or attempt to save passengers. Okay. And so playing an action card is literally just that. You play an action card, do its ability, hopefully that helps you. Otherwise, if you're trying to save passengers, here's the catch to it. Each of the character abilities has a number of passengers they can attempt to, to save on one turn. Mm-hmm. So you can draw up to that many cards... And I say up to for a reason. Like, let's say mine says four. I can draw one, two, three, or four. There's a reason you might you might want to do fewer. But let's say I draw four. I can only save one of them. Ooh. And it doesn't matter if they were on top or not. You just flip it over. You can choose one. Even if you can play more, you can choose one to save and place out. So, first off, that's one reason you might want to pick fewer. Because every time you every time you flip through the deck, then and you have to reshuffle... The Titanic sinks a little bit more because you're taking so much time. Okay. But anytime you pull your maximum allotment of cards or any number of cards and you bust, mm-hmm. then you have to flip that page over. And there's 10 pages. And so the rows actually start depleting. Once one row gets depleted, did I tell you how this mechanism works? Nope. Okay. So it, you have like a little flooding symbols on the, yeah. on the docks, right? Or on the decks. If one floods, all of the cards that are in that column, they are people lining up to get on the raft. Since it sinks, they cause a commotion. And what you do is you take all the cards in that column and the column next to it and shuffle them together and flip over one card because that's starting over now. (laughs) It is mean. It is so mean. So there's a little bit of press your luck into it. There's a little bit of uh, give and take. It's the timing is really important. Okay. Um, it's much tougher, <laughs> much tougher. But the abilities and the actions you can get is good. And so when that happens and you bust on a turn, then you do get to draw another action card to use okay. your future turn. And so um, I had a character ability that 
that basically said uh, two different things. One, you can draw four cards on your turn, and you can play as many of them as you want. He was the one that breaks that rule. Okay. But if you bust, then you don't get an action card as a penalty. So I had no reason not to want to bust. So as I was playing it solo, I, you pull the maximum every time. Yeah. It just makes sense, right? Because you're going to play it all out anyway. Yeah. And I still got destroyed. In our multiplayer, one of our players, um, one of our friends, she was that character. Okay. Uh, but me and our mutual friend Jim, we were not. And so we had some more meaningful choice as we are going. That's why I'm saying I think I prefer it. Because the whole cool gimmick of, like, how many cards do I draw and I can only play one of them? Yeah. Like, that was nerfed when I was that character. Because I was like, I get to play as many as I want. Doesn't yeah. matter. No penalty for it. No gain if I bust, but that just sucks for me. So, I don't, like, I almost prefer it as a multiplayer game. It was fun. I lost both times. I only counted if I've saved every passenger. That's the only way I count as a, it as a win. And neither times have we done it. But, man, I've had so much fun with this. So You're playing it wrong, then. What? Losing? No. Titanic didn't save every passenger. Well, I know. They only had enough. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you finish the game, you count up your score. Uh, if you saved every passenger, then that will give you bonuses for your score. But really, all you do is you just count up the highest value of each of the of the boats, mm -hmm. and that's your score. So you know what I do about that, that sort of stuff when they do things like that in the games? Uh, um, whatever the middle is, anything below that as a fail, everything above that as a win. I I do it specifically only if you save all the passengers. Does that count as a win for me? Okay. Yeah. I and it doesn't look that tough. Like there's certain ways that you can organize the passengers in different yeah. rafts that'll that'll give you more bonus points or whatever. I don't care about that too much. I just want to get all the passengers off. That's the whole point, right? It's a sinking boat. Granted, the Titanic didn't get all the passengers off. I was going to say, then you're playing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm saying it's not historically accurate. I'm just saying I still want to save people, Daniel, Mr. Negative, negativity. You're okay with people dying? Jeez. Not okay with people well, dying, but it's just historically accurate. One cool little nuance about it is that the lower numbers um, are all the children, then women, and then men is the highest numbers. <laughs> and okay. so women and children first, first right? Yeah. So that's more likely the ones you're going to save. And then the men, they probably deserved it. So it's fine. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's what's going, going to that one where we're talking about like historically accurate, just reminds me of um, Freedom of the Underground Railroad. Because you're not just freeing the slaves in there. And there's a possibility you're not going to free all the slaves. Right. You're more also campaigning to end slavery. So right. it's... It's like give or take. Still need to play this one. Yeah, so, mind you, my next game is not really historically uh, there. It's a Viking game. Oh, yeah. It's a very heady Viking game. It is almost, some people say, the Magnus Opus, or Magnum Opus for um, Uwe Rosenberg. Mm -hmm. And this is Feast for Odin. Yeah, we finally played it. And we finally played it. Now we can argue about it. And it, it's funny because I understand why they're calling it that because you could see a lot of his other games in here. Yes. You got you got to feed your people like in Caverna or Agricola. Yeah. You're playing the um, the puzzle the, the puzzle player. with the yeah. polyominoes like patchwork. So there's just a lot going on there. Yeah. You have like the multifaceted like uh, worker placement placement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is seen in um, Reykjavik. Or not Rayholt. Uh, Rayholt, and uh, you see a little bit with the uh, Have as well. Yeah, and the Have too. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's all there. Uh, oh, you, you also see. Oh, boats. and there's dice. Uh, yeah, don't, don't forget the rating. 
Yeah. There's <laughs> so, raiding. Dice combat. Yeah, it's and it's the dice combat is it's not bad, but it's confusing because there's two different types of dice combat. Right. When you're hunting and when you're raiding, yeah, and then the one needs to be higher. <laughs> you have to get a higher number in that. Yeah, that that's a little. I don't know. It's a little nitpicky, but and then of course every space you don't cover on your board is negative. Yeah. So, but you kind of want to cover at the bottom of your board as well because you want to get your coins. This way you can start making more money. It's just, it's a lot going on. There is everything you can think of pretty much in this game. Right. (laughs) It's like he threw the kitchen sink into it as well. (laughs) It's like, wow. It's a good game. I really do enjoy it. And this is the other game um, that our our mutual friend, when he had the double game night, this is the other game that he picked, which leads for Odin. Both this and Kemet pretty much took all our night because they were heady, heady games. Yep. But, you know, in all honesty, we talked about it then. I like this one. I think I like Kemet more just because it, it brought out more fun. This one, it was mostly us staring at the board like, okay. Or someone's yelling at the other person because they took the spot that they wanted to go to. And then someone took the, hey, I'm going to mirror that spot. spot. Yeah. So... It was it was good though. I really enjoyed it. Um, not the prettiest game on this list. Nope. <laughs> nope. In fact, by no means. But it wasn't bad though. No, but I really enjoyed it. Um, out of the four I talked about, this is probably my least favorite, actually. Wow. Yeah, and I really like this one. I believe well. that. Yeah, it, those were four fantastic games. I feel bad for bringing up like you know, <laughs> Plankton Rising. <laughs> uh, no, Guild of Merchant Wars. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I preferred playing that one over uh, right. over Feast for Odin just because it hurt my head. Like, you were fried after Merchant's Cove. I was fried the rest of the night for right. this yeah. because there was just so many moving parts. I loved it. I loved yeah, every minute of it. You showed us a game afterwards and we're like, nah, nah. Yeah, it was there. like a, like a card game. Fort. No, no, Fort was after no, Fort Kemet. Was, yeah, Fort was after Kemet. That it, wasn't too bad. It was the other one, like, I'm right, you're wrong, or something. Oh, yeah, like that. it was, yeah, some take that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it was even bad for that. I don't know. That was probably the worst game we played that game night for a while, but he, uh, he, it was, a... it was a more of, he had to get it off his shelf of obligation because obligation? I think it, it was his review copy. Oh, yeah, okay. I, that is a shelf of obligation, huh? Yeah. It's less of a shame. <laughs> yeah. All right, fair enough. Yeah, so, um,. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was a, a fun time playing Feast for Odin and then it just kind of dipped when we played that other one but shelf of legal requirements <laughs> but the big part of it too is we were all done after yeah. Feast for Odin because it was like we 10 o'clock at night we started Feast for Odin at 7 yeah absolutely <laughs> no it, it was it was a that was a great game night though and I yeah. we gotta give a shout out to Gamehead Geek uh, if you don't follow him on Instagram Tick, go, TikTok and Instagram yeah, yeah go follow him he's awesome yeah um and yeah, like as far as those two, I'm sure he'll have a dud every once in a while. But those two weeks were bangers. Oh, they were, they were great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of duds this week, I mean, uh, some of those ugly games you're gonna be bringing this week, aren't you? Oh, you better believe it. But next, stay tuned for next episode because I'm gonna talk about one of them. Anyway, no. So anyway, let's get into our topic today. We wanted to review the award winners from this year so far. Technically, they're last year's award winners, 2021. But uh, specifically, two different awards series. Yeah. The Dice one for Tower. America. Uh-huh. One uh, for America. Dice Tower. That, that's the big one out here. I mean, there's other little small ones like the sure. Origins Awards and stuff like that. Origins Awards. There's also um, the, you know, the Golden Geek. Geek, awards. yeah. 
But uh, Dice Tower is what more people are familiar with. Um, And then also the the one for you, your favorite. Go ahead. Spiel de Jardis, which was announced a few months ago. Um, We already know what the winner was. Um, Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about that. And then also Kinder Kinder Spiel. And we'll we'll brief on the Kinder as well. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into those and talk about our reactions. Um, This is technically a reaction video, but like we're going to talk about why. And again, we, we should clarify. We're just opinionated yeah. board gamers. Some of these games we haven't played. We have our reasons. We'll explain our reasoning. Um, you know, if you disagree, that's cool. We get you. And the big thing it's is, totally also, fine. the reason why we do this podcast, we're looking at it at two different angles. You're yes. a designer. You have mm-hmm. games that could be possibly coming to Kickstarter soon. Mm-hmm. And I just love to play games. And I, I like my style. Like, uh, social deduction is just not something for me. But yeah, we, come with our own, for me. we come with our own opinions and our own thoughts. So... Yeah. That's why we do so well in the top eight debates. Yeah, right. Cool. <laughs> sure. So let's talk about these. Uh, the first award that we're going to talk about is the most innovative, uh, which was won by uh, Picture Perfect. Which, honestly, like, so you've played this game. Yeah. I've played this game. I, I, haven't, totally played, I haven't played Picture Perfect myself. No, you haven't. I haven't played it. I, I own it. I like it a lot. And I don't want to, I don't want this to sound like I am downplaying it. But... I mean, compared to these others, the ones that I have played, which was uh, Merchant's Cove, I played that, and I haven't played Mind Management or Sleeping Gods, but I've also played So Clover. I guess it's the most innovative of these, but I wouldn't say by any sense this is the most innovative game so, in a long time. I will have to say, like, out of the um, innovative games when they announced it, I haven't played a single one of these games. Now that I have played one, Merchant's Cove, I, I thought that did Asymmetric very well. Yes. It, as far as that goes, because that's not a new idea. So no. that's, that's my first counter-argument, is Asymmetry Root already did that, right? Sleeping Gods is a storyline. Story, book storyline. I mean, it's not even the first one about... So like, cool, is kind of a more complicated, just one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I would say, if I had to pick out of those, So Clover is probably the most innovative. But the reason being is because Picture Perfect is just a puzzle. Yeah. And the clues that you're given of like what each of the people want is just that's the that's kind of like the currency that's passed around and so i get why they voted this most innovative but i don't think like there's so many other games that were way more innovative than this speaking of sleeping gods i have to uh, do my uh, what is it called the pledge manager for it mm, okay because I thought I got... you, meant you just had to go to bed no <laughs> no i have to do the pledge manager gods. Well, you call me a god? Thank you. No, I am. Uh, Mind Management is another one I really want to play. I heard really good things about that one. I know nothing about it, but it looks cool. Slow Clover, I want to try. I have tried Merchant Cove. Uh, I did enjoy it. But you haven't tried Slow Clover? No, I haven't tried Slow Clover. Really? Nope. Okay. Well, then you'll see what I mean. I think it's more... I don't think it's a more complicated just one. I think it's it's a whole other thing, but it's it's in the same line. Like, if you're only playing just like a cool little word puzzle thing well that's it's what cool. i'm saying it's, it's just a for me i the reason why i said it's just a more uh heavier compared to just one is because just one you just come up with one word but this one you have to get your word puzzle right. properly but from what i've understood right. which is just a slight step up from just one mm-hmm. yeah but it's much. still along that uh party word game right line. yeah in a way all right cool let's go on to the next one all right next one is best welcoming game Okay, so the, the winner of that was Canvas, and honestly, I'm, uh, I can't disagree. That game is amazing. Well, let's see. 
Ooh, this is a hard one though because it's, it's going to get okay. So I played all five of these. No, the only one I haven't played is Picture Perfect. So the other yeah. the nominations were Architects, uh, Some Wonders Architects, Architects, Canvas, Cascadia, Picture Perfect, and Super Mega Lucky Box. Which all I mean, of those are really good games yeah, that I played. Great welcoming games. That that I mean, honestly, any single one of those. I like all five of those games. I own all five. They're awesome. And every single one of those is a great welcoming game. I mean, Architects, draw a card, possibly build stuff. Canvas, draw a card, put together a painting. Cascadia, draw a tile and a token, put some t- tokens on some tiles, Yeah. score some moments. If I had yeah. to pick something out of all of this, I think Cascadia is the more diff- or headier one out of all of these. The yeah. One of the more difficult ones, because you got to pay attention how the scoring is going to work, depending on the animals you're getting right. and how you want to put them in a line. Um if Canvas wasn't the winner, I would personally pick Super Mega Lucky Box because it's basically bingo in a sense. Yeah. You know, if the goal is to try and bring people in based on familiarity, Super mm-hmm. Mega Lucky Box, I agree. But now that I'm thinking about it, the theme and just the simplicity, it, it's super simple how yeah. Canvas works. But the fact that you slide the cards over and create like a masterpiece, yeah, that is that is something that almost nobody outside of gaming has seen yeah no and it's gorgeous not, it's, and it works it's yeah functionally really simple so you know what i guess if that's the, if that's trying to get new people into the gaming i can agree with that yeah no i don't disagree with canvas being there in fact that would have been my pick for most welcoming game because yeah. it was really good that's, that's hard best two-player game um and now this is I, I hate this category because it's like which game works best with two players and so, oftentimes, it won't be a two-player game that wins. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nominees were Radlands, Caper, Onk, Landversy, and That Time You Killed Me. Now, I have played three of these. I've only played two. I've played Onk, Landversy, and That Time You Killed Me. i played Onk and Land vs. C. Yeah, haven't played Radlands, so, I mean, it could, sure, it could have won. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Caper is a two-player-only game, which I appreciate. Onk isn't a two-player-only game. So I don't care. It shouldn't be in the category. Land vs. C. It technically can hold more one players. Three players. Yeah, but it's it's, two it, under, it's a two-player. It game. was a two-player game. Really. It, it, it's a good two-player game. Yeah. Uh, that time you killed me. I love that game. It's so that's good. a two-player only game. Like, that is a two-player. Land and Sea, Radlands, and that time you kill me in Capers. Those are all two-player games. I'm right. not even. Uh, yeah, I know it can go to three players. Land vs. C. Don't yeah. no. Don't play the three-player. I think the three player is pretty interesting. It's the yeah, I don't know. No, it's the four player. It's, it's two to four. Four, players. yeah. Four players is two teams of two, which is dumb. Yeah, so it's two player only. Yeah. Uh, and Ankh, I guess the only reason they like it as a two player game because it doesn't have that stupid um, merging. Merging. It's yeah, I like that. I think that's cool. But, I, I get it, but it's just it's kind of weird and complicated. Yeah. And then uh, the people who do get merged, they're only playing half a game each. Right. So. Right. Exactly. Which is a little bizarre. But, but yeah, okay. I guess I can see it. My pick out of those. Uh, the winner, by the way, we did mention is Radlands. Yeah, Radlands is the winner. Um, that my, time you killed me would be my pick. My pick out of the ones I've played, um, though I do want to try Caper, is uh, Land vs. Sea. I really did enjoy that one. Cool. All right. Our next one. Which is best theming. So the nominees for this one was Ark Nova, Final Girl, Horrified American Monsters, 
Roll Camera, the filmmaking board game, and Sleeping Gods. And I agree with the winner, and I haven't even played it yet. Final Girl, from everything I've seen, I've watched the watch it play. I'm waiting for my copies to come in. It does uh, thematically fit. Yep. Because you're playing the final girl in a horror movie. Right. <laughs> so it makes sense. Arc Nova, yeah, you're building a no, zoo, but... It's not thematic. It's there. It's, uh, it, it's, it's a it's, great game. It's it pasted on. Yep. Uh, Horrified. They did it better with the... Uh, the original. The original. Yep. Roll, roll camera. Uh, I mean, roll, it, it's a really smart idea to have a game, you know, about filmmaking, rolling dice and mm-hmm. stuff, like worker placement. Dice worker placement is an awesome... You know, I think that's a smart theme that they came up with. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. I you were going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I can see why it was elevated. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. And then Sleeping Gods, I, again, I haven't played it. So I'm I haven't played it, but I, 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 I heard it's really good. good. This is, when we were talking about Feast for Odin for Uwe Rosenberg, this is Ryan Lockett's. Yeah. Um, right. But as far as theming goes... I can't I argue with against that. Yeah, I, I haven't even playing it. Yeah, haven't even playing it. Just watching it play, this is like, yeah, no. What is it, that engaging with watching somebody play a solo game? Yeah. That's a sign. Yeah, no, so I really, really enjoyed that one. And next up. Best strategy game. So the nominees are... I feel like we're... Just, <laughs> anyway, it's uh, Anno 1800, Arc Nova, Furnace, Maglev Metro, and Terraform Noir's Ares Expedition. The winner of that was uh, Arc Nova. I have played three of those. I've only played two. Mars, Ares Expedition, and Furnace, and Arc Nova. Furnace is the one I want to play. Everybody's talked about it and says it's really good. I just haven't been able to get it. Because the two times that it's been played in our group, or at least the one time it did get played in our group, I couldn't go to that game night. You know why I'm going to say Furnace would not have won this category, or should not win this category? It's a much better tactical game. Okay, makes so sense. Every every round you add one more link in the chain to make your potentially perfect engine work. That you have to plan per round, not by the full game. Okay, Arc Nova, makes sense. you can plan the full game. Yeah, no, I, I, I think Arc Nova should have won this one, even the ones I have, because it was one of the few I've played. But Anno 1800, it looks okay. It's yeah. actually based off a strategy uh, video game um, oh, okay. by, I think, Ubisoft, I want to say, did it? Sure. I've seen bits and pieces of it played online, but eh. Yeah. Maglev Metro, I want to try it because Ted Allspock, but yep. uh, I didn't like Suburbia. I haven't tried Bastard's King uh, Ludwig, but I want to try it because he's a well-known person. Yep. Furnace is the one I do want to try. Yep. And Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition. I was uh, impressed by this one. Most I liked it. Group didn't like it. I prefer the main game, so. Yeah. All right, moving on from strategy game, Arc Nova, of course, once again, the winner. I, I really enjoyed I that agree one. With it. And best solo game. Do we even need to see the nominees? It's Final Girl. It's Final Girl. Yeah. Uh, Arc Nova, actually, no. Oh, yeah. Arc Nova, Cascadia, Hadrian's Wall, and Sleeping Guys. Yeah, that's the only one that's actually a solo, a solo game. game. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> like, I don't disagree with that. It's 100%. Best reprint. All right. So those nominees were Galaxy Trucker, Great Western Trail, Kemet. Um, that Blood in the Sand was the one we played, right? Yeah, that's the... Summoner Wars and... Uh, the Europe. Yep. Uh, the 15th anniversary. So I played all five of those. I I've played... actually played all five of the games. I haven't played the reprints, right. but... Right. I've only played one reprint. Well, uh, two reprints. And I hated Great Western Trail. We played so sure Galaxy Trucker. We played Galaxy Trucker. I didn't and like Kenneth. that. Um, I played the original Summoner Wars. I liked it quite a bit, but still. Yeah. Um, Ticket to Ride is an amazing game, but as My far as... My pick would have been Kemet. Yeah. I, I probably would have picked Kemet too. Uh, 
My personal favorite stick to ride, but I, I understand why Kemet won. Yeah, no, well, Kemet didn't win. Great Western Trail won. Oh. No, this, this is done. <laughs> no, Kemet uh, I would win. not have picked Galaxy Trucker. I don't like that game. Nope. It, it, it was fine. I, I feel bad for our friend, uh, Gamehead Geek, because he's really looking forward to it. And we two, all were. Yeah. We all were looking forward to it. And it was such a letdown. Yeah, I, I just, I was not a fan of that it. That was not it one was... of his best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, best production value. Best production values. All the right. nominees are, were Seven Wonders Architect, yeah. Ankh, Gods of Egypt, Canvas, Mad Love, Metro, and Sleeping Gods. Ooh, I love three of the, th- the, of the three games I played. I've loved two of them. I want to try Sleeping Gods because it looks really good. Yeah. And I want to try Mad Love, Metro just to try it. Yeah. Best production value? Though? I don't think that's the one. You don't think Ankh? Nope. He just won because of the minis. So. Yeah. yeah, I think it should. I mean, the minis are great. Yeah. They are. But the board out, is too small. Out of these three, um, I would probably say Canvas. Yes, I agree. Canvas was the best production value. Because mm-hmm. the cards... The sleeves are all good quality. It's actually printed on canvas. And what's even cooler about it, too, is like the cards, they give themselves a name. And it's yes. like really good art names. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The Tormented Soul. It's like, what the? So Wonders Architect, I will say this. It's it's a great game for the production value. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's easy to set up. Because yeah. you just take one. Uh, out and that's what you're gonna play, right. and then you have another thing for like the the middle of the table, like all the pieces for it. Exactly, everything fits in the box. Though it doesn't have room if they want to do expansions. <laughs> but so again, Onk Gods of Egypt won that one. All right, best party game. The nominees were Doodle Dash, Mystic Paths, Snakes, So Clover, Super Mega Lucky Box. The winner of that was So Clover. I agree. Uh, I can't disagree. I've never I, played I so clever. Um, I have not played Doodle Dash. I know what, how it works. It, I haven't played that one either. Yeah, yeah, Mythic Pass. Right? Mm, no. It's, people are, are, people are racing to draw a, a picture. Obviously, that's a bicycle. Clearly. It's like a really quick, like, but the idea is that is as soon as somebody as soon as somebody's done drawing, they slap down the picture mm-hmm. and everyone else has to put it in a stack in order of who did it first. Mm-hmm. You flip it over, and whoever is the fastest, there's one person who's trying to guess the word, and um, they go by the fastest drawn first, which of, is pretty hilarious. Kind of like uh, just one, but yes. But then, so like, obviously, if yours is too abstract because you just you know, yeah. whatever, then they're gonna go the next one. And go, uh, maybe it's this until eventually they do figure it out. Whoever drew the one that they guessed right, the fastest, gets the point. Gets the point. Which is cool. That's, that's a great That's a great idea. No, Mystic I like it. Paths is like some weird word game that looks like super mystical and the cover is odd. I have no idea about it. Um, Snakes is fun. Yeah, we played two Phil Walker Harding games on it. Yeah, no, no, Super Mega Lucky Box we've already talked about. It's a really good um, f- uh, flip and write game. Yeah. Snakes is a good little party game. Like kind of social is, deduction. but social deduction is, but I think it only works if you have the right group. Yeah. And a big part of it, too, is it plays up to four players. I wouldn't recommend it. I, I think this is one that works yeah. better with a bigger group. Five, five or more. Definitely. Yeah. But So Clover, I mean, it hits every person I've ever shown it to. It kills. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. 
So the next game, uh, or the next award was Best Game from a Small Publisher. The nominations were Canvas, The Initiative, Oath, Chronicles of Empire and Exile, Mind Management, The Psychic Espionage Game, and Stardew Valley, The Board Game. Uh, the winner was Canvas, I believe. Yep, it was Canvas. Now, this one's tough. I've only played two of them. Yep. I want to play four of them. I don't want to touch Oath. I would try it, but I, I'm just not. Yeah, it's not something I'm going to buy. If someone picked it up and picked it for their night, then we'll play it. But our mutual friend, uh, Jim, he, he heard of Oath before I ever brought it up because there's a Polygon article about it. And they were talking about how it's like this storyline driven, like mm -hmm. legacy game of like asymmetry. And he was like, that sounds really cool. Do you think we'd play it? I'm like, I played Root. Yeah. And, I and that was complicated. Yeah, it was too complicated and it was dice combat. It's like risk but a million rules. So uh, I, I couldn't justify it. Out of all of those, um, I, you know, I don't want to sound like I don't like Canvas because I do. But I don't think that's the best game out of those. Out of from a small publisher? Yeah. yeah. Out of all of those, I would say Initiative. Uh, I would say Canvas. Really? Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I love Initiative. If it was talking about like doing something innovative, this should have been nominated. That's true. It uh, have been nominated. But it was it was fine. It did it did really well. I enjoyed it. Um, my ending was a little lackluster uh, uh, but it, it, I mean, we actually went back and saw what the uh, the other ending was going to be it was a bit lackluster as well so uh, it just it, it plays really well but it didn't end very well kind of like a Wolverine movie yeah that's fair <laughs> Uh, I do want to try Stardew Valley uh, because sure. I really like the video game my wife loves the video game so yeah, it's something I do want to try all right, the next category was Best New Designer. That was uh, Art Nova, the designer for that. Matthias Vige, I believe. Uh, I'm just going to say the games. Meadow, Paleo, So Clover, Unsettled. No idea what Unsettled is. Uh, no. I've played um, four of those. I've played everything but Unsettled. I've only played three of those. I haven't played So Clover, and I haven't played Unsettled. I have no clue what Unsettled is. Yeah, I don't know. This is probably not that good. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. I don't know. It's probably great. There's a reason it's probably dominated. Um, you know, I know I'm the outlier in, in our game group, but I did not like Meta. Uh, see, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good game. Everyone else did. And everyone else online like, agrees. Yeah, they agree. I just. I didn't like, I like it. the uh, the art, the puzzle aspect of it where you're trying to place it here and then you go up this track or sure. down this track. Yeah. It is a little complicated for what the game is, but I enjoyed it. Right. I just, I don't know. It, it doesn't do anything new. It took, like, the, the fun parts out of Quadropolis, in my opinion. That's just what I feel. Although I do like being able to put your your bid token instead of on the cards, put it off on the side and get, like, an ability. That, that was cool. But I don't know. I, out of those, that's my least favorite. Um I like Arc Nova a lot, um, and Paleo I think that was the really one that won, right? Arc Nova won. Uh, see, it would be tough for me, because Paleo is a really good... Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. I enjoy that game a lot, but I also like Arc Nova a lot. Uh, both of these are probably squeaked into my top 100 now. Uh, Meadow, I don't think it would be in our top, my top 100, but yeah. I didn't enjoy it. Uh, it so, Clover, I do have to try. Huh? It wouldn't be in my top 500. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it. 
Yeah, but I can agree with this. Ark Nova, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree. Uh, my my second pick would be the um, a Paleo. Paleo, yeah. I agree with that. All so right. the next one is the best game expansion. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah, hands down. Skip it. Arctic <laughs> Expedition Leaders did win yeah, it. We don't Endangered, know uh, New Species, right. Nightfall expansion for Parks. I do own it. Haven't played that one yet. Yeah. Tides of Ruin and Unmatched Battle Legends Volume 2. So... I, this one's yeah, tough for me when they. Act, I mean, it it became an essential expansion. Yeah, in and the thing is, like, they have Unmatched Battle Legends Volume Two for Unmatched, but every but one of their sets is standalone, so yeah. it's not really an expansion. It is an expansion, but right. it's not really it's an expansion. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I get why it's there, but yeah, no, I don't disagree. Lost Ruins of Arnact should be there. Um, best cooperative game. The Adventures of Robin Hood, Paleo, Sleeping Gods, Slow Covert, and Unfathomable were the nominations. What is, the, what is Unfathomable? It's like, uh, is that the remake of... Uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Okay. And then the winner was Sleeping Gods. Okay. Uh, Adventures of Robin Hood, I haven't played. I own it. I just haven't busted it out lately or yet. Um, Paleo, again, we just talked about it. It's really fun. Sleeping Gods, we want to try. and haven't played. You love Slow Clover. I do. And Unfathomable... My issue with Unfathomable, and I haven't even played it, was the fact that they didn't do anything to help limit the time. Yeah. A Battlestar Galactic, I heard, was a very three-hour game. And don't get me wrong, I can enjoy epic games. Sure. But sometimes with, with that, especially when it comes to like a social deduction style game, because you're trying to find out who a traitor is and stuff like that, three hours would drag. Yeah, you wouldn't care after three hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like just in the game. Yeah, that's why the clue of the movie wasn't three hours long. Nobody <laughs> exactly. would want to leave. They don't care. All right, best game artwork. Okay, Canvas is the winner, but on Bitoku, Canvas, Meadow, and Sleeping Gods were the nominations. Yeah, Canvas needs to win. Canvas wins that yeah. one. But uh, I'll say this: I know you don't like Meadow, but it had some great art on it. Yeah, it was pretty. S- Sleeping Gods. Ryan Lockett always does really well with his art. Yeah. I don't know anything about Bitoku and Auction not even being nominated. Yeah. Because it's more minis than art. There's a little bit of art on it. Yeah, it, well, that art is pretty. It's very good art, but Canvas is the art game, so that's a given. We're at the big one, Game, game of the Year. Of the year. So there are 10 nominations for this. There's Seven Wonders, Architects, Arc Nova, Hadrian's Wall, Cascadia, Magna Metro, Meadow, Mind Management, Merchant's Cove, Sleeping Gods. And the winner was Arc Nova. So we did talk about all these. Uh, Seven Wonders Architect. We both like that one. We both like Arc Nova. I understand why it won because yes. it's a very good game. I like the zoo theme on it, but it's not thematic. Uh, Cascadia is a really good one. Hadrian's Wall I haven't played, but I heard that is like next level fun. when it comes to rolling. Right, yeah, it looks fun. Uh, Maglev Metro haven't played. Meadow I enjoy. You don't. Merchant's right. Cove deserved this nomination. I don't think it deserved a win, but man, it, that was a fun game. Yeah. Mind you, we just recently played it. And the other two I haven't played, but I want to. Right. Out of all of these, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely... Yeah. Yeah, I, I think without a doubt that there's a reason that it should have won. The only game I think could have beat it is one that I didn't play, and that was Sleeping Gods. Because uh, everybody's in love with that game. Yeah. But that was the Dice Tower Awards. So moving on to your uh, your ba- right. bread and butter over here. That's right. The Dry Euros. The Dry Euros. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the Kinderspiel, the Kinderspiel, and the Spiel de Jadis. Um, 
Uh, Kinder, uh, Kinder will start. Yeah, we'll start with Kinder. Um, so just to clarify what that means, uh, Spiel means game. Mm-hmm. And so game Kinder Spiel is the gamer's game. Mm-hmm. The Spiel de Jardis is game of the year. And Kinder Spiel, as you can imagine, Kinder means kid. Yeah. Uh, so it's the kid's game. And the, the thing also we have to clarify about this is even though the Spiel de Jardis is the, the game of the year, they do have criteria that they want to go through. For one thing, they need to be printed in German, on, or not only, right. but it has to be printed in German for it to get a nomination. Yeah. And second off, even though you may think the Kinderspiel is the better game because it, it's more of a meaty game, right? They try to do where the welcoming category to right. It's um, very much family game oriented. Yes. So you've heard us reference just one, which was a Spiel des Jahres winner mm-hmm. from last year, no, two years ago. I think it was 2019, though. No? Yeah, something like that. It was a couple of years ago. So let's talk about uh, Kennerspiel, the gamer game of the year. So there was three that were recommended. There was Ark Nova, Korra, and Witchstone, only one of which we talked about because mm-hmm. we played one of them. Um, but out of the other ones, we have played Dune Imperium. And you have played Cryptid. I yeah, so those are the two that were nominated that didn't win the Kinderspiel. So right. uh, another thing we have to talk about with the the Spiel games um, is that the Spiel de Jahre stuff is that three go into the running. So they'll have recommendation yep. list, but only three will go into the running. So Dune Imperium and Cryptid were two of the three games that went into the running but didn't win. Wait, was Dune Imperium really three to four players? It was only three to four, four players? Uh, probably how they're recommending it, maybe in German, but it's two to four. Or actually, it's one to four here in. Okay. Because there is a solo mode, and then if you're playing a two-player game, you have the the solo mode added to it, so it becomes a three-player game. Interesting. Okay. So Dune Imperium. Um, I mean, I wasn't too impressed when I played it. Oh, uh, I I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I know you're definitely more on it. I prefer Lost Ruins of Arnak, which was nominated for the Kenner Spiel before. Yeah. The year before. And they won. I believe so. Yeah. And so the fact that they had this finally now in German, I just feel like it was, you know, it was there um, to just kind of justify it. But I don't know. I'm I'm okay with it not winning. I'm fine with it not winning either. Uh, I do like Dune Imperium. I do like it a lot. I do have to play the expansion that, uh, sure. that it has because I heard it actually makes it a little bit better. And especially since they've announced a second expansion for right. it. And then uh, Cryptid. I mean, it sounds oh, awesome. So good. So uh, actually a lot simpler than you would think because you're. I'm given a clue. You're given a clue. And the other person, if you're playing three or just up to five, they're all given clues. And so what's going to happen is you have only a tiny bit of information. Right. Say it's something like the, the monster can't be three spaces from this tile out there or a building that's out there. Right. Or another person says it's within two spaces of a predator type. And another one says it can't be in this desert. It can be in the desert and it can't be in the water. And the other person saying it can be in a desert and it can be in a forest. So, you only have two options on your choice. You can say, uh, you ask someone a direct question, and be like, could it be here? And they can either give you, or they have to give you a yes or no answer. You have to be honest the entire game. Okay. A yes or no answer. Then, the, they you, a piece goes out there. If they put a, I think it's a, the disc, it's a no. It cannot be there. And if they put a cube, no, it's a, a cube is no. And if they put a disc, maybe. Okay. 
Um, if you ask them outright, I think the monster's here, and then someone it goes around in order, and if everybody puts a disc, you win because you found where the monster is. You pinpointed what everybody's clue is because there's only one space on the board that it could be. The other thing is, whenever you ask a question, they put the cube. Um, you have to also put something out where you're telling them it is not here, and so it's it's very heady because you're trying to think okay. Well, I know what my clue is, and I know it's going to be in the general area for where these are. But I'm trying to pinpoint what everybody else's clue, and everybody zeroed in uh, when we played it on my other buddy's clue, uh, Angel. But the thing is, we clued into it wrong because you have the information; it tells you on the back, like these are what could be the clues. And so we zeroed in on what his was, but we were all going for the bears when his predator was the the mountain lion or okay. the cougar and stuff like that and so we were all just focusing on one side of the board and he's like i got it and he ended up winning because he found the one please it's it's a great game i would not have been shocked if it won yeah i can understand that um i haven't heard too many deduction games as far as the kenner spiel goes yeah so it kind of makes sense the one that did win, though, is the one that neither of us played. played. It's called Living to... Forest. Um, yeah, it looks awesome. It's basically, from what I understand, it, it's kind of like Mystic Veil without card crafting. Uh, so there's the same press your luck. It works essentially the same way um, as Mystic Veil does, except instead of that card crafting system that Mystic Veil uses, where you're making the cards better and better and better, you're actually just straight up deck building. However, each of the symbols, you're not trading them in a la Splendor style. Yeah. You're actually using them for different, like, almost like mini-games. Um, and different ways to score points in, in different ways. It looks cool. Uh, I, like, honestly, I'm genuinely wanting to play it. And as soon as I find a copy uh, and I can afford it, I will buy it. Yeah, I kind of want to buy a copy, but... Yeah. I'm hoping it gets into, like, Barnes & Noble or something like that. Because I have a yeah, Barnes gift card and I also I have an Amazon too. gift card. So, let's right. see. Hopefully soon. Hopefully yeah. soon. Let's look at the Kinder or the Kinder, Kinder. spiel. Um, so now I I haven't played any of these yet, mm-hmm. but two of them are remakes of games that are already f- <laughs> were uh, adult oriented. Uh, yeah. Not adult and dirty minds, but yeah. more just for older audiences. Right, right. They're, they weren't made as kids games. So there's Quacks and Co. and uh, like Alkshan Clever or That's Pretty Clever Kids. Yeah. version both War- Wolfgang Warsh neither of which one, <laughs> one yeah I mean I want to try both of these because I like both of these games well I think the reason Gonshan Clever is so successful because it's a media roll and write mm-hmm. making a kids version of a media roll and write undoes I'm sure it, it's I think yes it's more, no, but it's still like I think because it's like color or like right. you're, you're pairing stuff out, so it's it it seems interesting from what I see, but it's not here in America yet. It's, it hasn't been exactly. made for English. Um, same thing with Quacks. I yeah, don't think Quacks it's... and Crow. I saw the review for it, and that's more that's a race game at this point. They're all going along the same race, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks cool. And then the one that did win, Magic Mountain, um, that one I own and I have played. It's awesome. It's really? really fun. I mean, it's it's a cooperative dexterity game okay which is i think two mechanisms that always need to be put together cooperative dexterity the way it works is you use you pull a marble from a bag and it has one of five colors on it there's this path that weaves in and out and the board has this really thick inlay to where you drop you put the marble at the top and it starts rolling down until it either gets all the way to the bottom um which 
would be bad for you, or it hits a witch. Now, there are two different types of witches. There's good witches, which is what you want to get to the bottom, or bad witches, which is what you don't want to get to the bottom. Okay. It, whichever group gets their entirety to the bottom first wins, and so you're all working towards the good witches. So you drop this marble down, and it goes tum, 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 until it hits against a witch piece. What that means is that that colored marble, let's say it's the blue marble, uh-huh. hits, hits the witch. You have to move that witch to the next blue space that's available. That's not covered up by a witch. Um, meaning that it has a built-in AI for the bad characters, which is awesome. And it purposely tells you, it's like, you can choose how long it, you want to take to move your piece. Okay. Meaning, if, if it hits one of my witches, and I'm like, okay, I wanted to hit another one, and it's right on the great path to hit another blue spot... I might move it really fast so the marble goes dunk, 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 and hits it again, and thus I continue that pattern. Okay. And which is fun. It's always so satisfying when that happens. Um, or you might purposefully take a little too long for the bad witch, so the marble oh oops it goes by oh well and then you place down the bad witch. It's that's funny. It's a funny game. It's not super strategic. I mean, it's probably like the least of the games of these. But it goes over so well. I played it with kids at our shop, mm-hmm. and it went over like gangbusters. Like, cool. They were they played it for like an hour straight. It was mm-hmm. great. Nice. It was like a ten minute game. Really not long. So uh, Magic Mountain, awesome. So much for a quick episode. We're already hitting an hour and twenty minutes. So we're gonna yeah. go through the recommendation list for the Spiel des Jahres winner. Okay. Real quick. So the first one on the recommendation list is Trek Twelve Himalaya. Yep. Uh, I I agree. That's an awesome game. Uh, so Clover. Yep. Agreed. My I'm surprised goal... it wasn't nominated. Yeah, it's a recommendation. Yeah, but I'm surprised it wasn't nominated. Uh, so, uh, uh, My Goldmine, okay. Magic Rabbit, okay. Magic and Echoes the Dancer. I do uh, own a copy, haven't played it yet. I, I mean, I like it a lot. I don't I don't think it should be... Well, it's recommended, that's why. Yeah. It, it didn't even make the nomination. It shouldn't have even yeah, been considered for that. It's Ravensburger. Of course, it's going to have true. a little love. Yeah. And Seven Wonders Architects. Which I agree should probably have been nominated. Um, Seven Wonders was nominated for the Spiel, right? Yeah. Uh, Kenner. Oh, Kenner. Okay. I think it won the Kenner. Okay. Uh, so the nominated games that didn't win is Scout by Oink Games, okay. which looks like an interesting card game. Yeah. It, it's you and I, you, we played that, um, oh, that one game. Where you couldn't change the order of your hand. Yeah, yeah, Bonanza, the and then... Uh, uh, yeah, the other one. Um, the the Panasaurus one. Yeah, yeah, the Checkers one. This is like that, except the cards are different values on different sides. Okay. Which is kind of cool. And But the difference is, you're not just trying to play out what you can. You Your other option is you could take the top card played and add it to your hand at any position you want. Okay. And that immediately flips it on like, a, oh, well, this would be great here. This would be great here. Now I can dump all these cards. Yeah. That's awesome. And the other one is Top 10, which when I was looking at this one, it just didn't sound interesting to me at all. It sounds awesome to me. <laughs> of course it does. No, because of the twist that it has. So, I mean, it's at first it seems like a generic party game where it's like, oh, well, we're ranking things Top 10. No, no, you're not. You're you're ranking two very different things, and you're giving a, and you're given a number. Like, which, like let's say, um, furriest animals, right? Furriest animals. Obviously, like, an orangutan or, like, a super furry, like, maybe a long-haired guinea pig would be number 10, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
Well, the Egyptian cat, whatever they're called, the Siamese cat. No, it's not Siamese. It's, it's uh, cats? I forget what they're called, but I know what you're yeah, talking about. The hairless cats would be zero, of course, right? Or a snake would be not furry at all. Yeah. But you're given a random number from one to ten. So the yeah, one to ten, easy. But if you have a four, how are you going to describe a four? Or like yeah, a three, it's like okay, it's like slightly furry, but but kind of not. That's 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 the puzzle that you have to solve. To get the guesser to guess the right thing. And that's why I like it. it it's that cool little, it's like... It's wavelength. It's purposefully ambiguous. It's the opposite end of... It's the other side of wavelength. Yeah, yes. but it's wavelength. Yeah, but it's the opposite end. Yeah, it's, it's the other... It's the flip side of wavelength. Yeah. Instead of one person giving the clue for everybody else guessing, it's everyone else giving the clues for the one person guessing. But it's kind of like wavelength. And wavelength's awesome, so... I get it. Wavelength's alright. It's not great. And finally, the Spiel des Jahres winner. That's I right. actually own a copy of it, and That's it was right. funny. You bought this, and you're like, I hope this is the winner, because this is what I'm picking as the right. winner. <laughs> this is my guess. Yeah, I was hoping it would win. No, I played it once. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I love it a lot, too. I, I picked it up uh, as well. And uh, by the way, it's Cascadia. Cascadia, yes. I actually, so very recently, I told my wife about this game and told her how it, how it worked. I told her that it was the Spiel des Jahres winner, and she was like, okay, that actually sounds interesting. I'm like, is this something you might play? She was like, yeah, actually. I was like, oh, she you're not just saying that. She... No, she hasn't played it yet. Oh! We haven't played it yet, so I don't know. Like, I hope she likes it. But I told her the idea. I'm like, yeah, you just you draft a tile and a token. Well, you and... spend a token to draft a tile and a token away from yeah, the tile, because exactly. it has to be together. Exactly. Yeah, so it's like, it's another little drafting game. You like Azul. And I was like, you like Carcassonne? Like, it kind of puts those two, do, two and two together. Yeah. It's cool. I like it. So Cascadia won. I wholeheartedly agree with that, although the other two do look fun. The scout seems interesting. Uh, I, again, I'm still I would, on the fence about top ten. Sure. I, I think it's just one of those ones. Um, I just recently got Platypus, and I played that. Mm-hmm. Um, it plays similar, but it's a lot more, like, I don't know. Like Isn't that the play, uh, Phil Walker Hart? Yeah. yeah. When we play it for our game day, you'll see what I mean. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like that idea, but it just I don't, it doesn't quite reach that same level. Okay. So, anywho, um, we definitely want to thank you so much for tuning into our random ridiculous uh, award response video if you ever want to join us on one of our live episodes and comment uh, please do so at twitch.tv slash everyday board games as well as you can find all video re-uploads on youtube at everyday board games 2020 and if you like what we do there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform subscribe if you're not like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject as well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Podbean. And so we're just mentioning this real quick. We forgot to give the code name or the clue. We're about to do it right now. So if you have listened to it, of course, thank you for listening to the entire episode. I know we said we'd say it in a little bit. We're going to do it now. We have a code word because we have a contest. There's lots of ways to enter. We're going to go over those in full detail. But to enter in our contest for just one brand new sealed copy, our code word is CHAMPION. CHAMPION is our code word. So here's how you're going to enter. One, if you're subscribed to us on Twitch, mm-hmm. you're entered automatically. If you're subscribed to us on Twitter, you're entered automatically. The uh, Twitter account is at EBG Podcast. That's right. If you're subscribed to us on YouTube, you are automatically entered. entered. But to get an extra ticket, a bonus ticket, just by listening to this episode, as we know you like doing, email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. Subject line, put contest, or just one. Either one, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And then in the body of that, put in the code word champions, and please put your address. Right now we can only ship to the continental U.S., but 
if you win, still enter because you might we might be able to work something out. Alrighty. And with that being said, thank you for joining us on the Everyday Board Games Podcast. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.